Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. Welcome back to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influences Broadcast. I am your host and founder, Denise M. Walker, Pastor Denise M. Walker, founder of Hope in Christ Ministries, and Hope in Christ with Denise is the podcast and a division of Hope in Christ Ministries. We're going to open with a word of prayer, and then we'll begin today's show. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you yet again for this platform, for this time with you to spend in your word, to spend trusting in you and your living word, God. We thank you, Lord God, for the study on experiencing you. We pray that you would open our ears, open our eyes, and and remove every stony place, every thing that hinders us from experiencing you help us this day to know the truth because your word declares that your truth will set us free thank you in jesus name amen again welcome back to today's broadcast today we are continuing with our devotional study of experiencing god by henry blackaby I am loving this book. As I promised, we will begin to highlight Christian literature that um, comes directly from my bookshelf and what God lays on my heart to highlight. In addition to interviewing agents of hope, those people that are doing the work of the ministry and um, so they're not just authors, as um, many that are listening know that we have the Hope in Christ Book Club where we have many, many authors that um, we fellowship and um, we come together and um, just do different things together in the Hope in Christ Book Club. And so we won't just focus on authors, but we will focus on ministers and those just in different places those that are agents of hope in Christ Jesus. And so that will be the lineup of Hope in Christ with Denise. So with that being said, let's jump right in. Again, we are studying, or not necessarily studying, but we are going through discussion of experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. This devotional is amazing. Um... I have a paperback copy, and I also have um, it on my Kindle. And so I went through chapter two, and that's where we're going to begin. But the area that I parked in in chapter two of Experiencing God is God's nature. God's nature. This part of this book blessed me because we know, we read, and we understand you know, that God has, you know, a certain nature about him. But I don't think we actually really, really experience it. I don't think we actually know, not that we don't experience it, but I, I don't think we personally go after that to understand uh, more and more in our life. And so Henry Blackaby talks about God's nature um, in chapter two, and the three components of God's nature he talks about are God is love, 
God is all knowing and God is all powerful. And so in some of the areas that we, um, he begins to talk about, um, again, we, when we say things and I've heard people say many, many different things. When we say certain things, we forget about these different things, um, components of God's nature. And so he says, God is love. His will is always best. So that's one of the quotes he uses. And just a few of my um, highlights from chapter number two. It says, if we reject his best, he will discipline us. If we reject his best, he will discipline us. Now, much like us as parents, um, much like our own parents, when we rejected what they wanted best for us and what they, how they were raising us to be good citizens and all those different things in our life, um, they did discipline us. So what makes us believe that God is any different? God is the creator of our being. And so he designed us a certain way with order and discipline and purpose and all those different things. So if he placed that inside of us as parents, what makes us think that we don't have to give an account to him? Okay, and so another note that I highlighted was God does bring discipline, judgment, and wrath on those who continue to live in sin and rebellion against him. Now notice it says, and in scripture it says, rebellion against God, continuing in sin against God. Because a lot of times when we say, um, when we hear people say, well, so-and-so is judging me, that's not... it, that person may come across judgmentally, but the word of God actually judges us because the word of God tells us what sin is. And so what happens is sometimes in the world, people make sin to be what they want it to be. And if it's that sin that they want to may, maybe stay in, they don't want that um, categorized as sin. Um, we begin to say, well, you know, God knows my heart or, you know, everybody's um, sinning and, and, you know, nobody's perfect. But what the word says that God sent Christ. God, in Christ, we're made perfect. We're made whole in Christ. And so um, if we did not need to be delivered from sin, the Bible wouldn't tell us that otherwise. The word of God wouldn't tell us that sin existed if it didn't and if we didn't need deliverance in the areas of sin then the lord wouldn't have had it um requested that it be written in his word and a couple other notes from um henry blackaby experiencing god is your confidence in the love nature of god is crucial your confidence in the love nature of god is very very crucial and I just thought about that um, as I was reading this. I said, God, I didn't realize that sometimes we treat you like people. So the love nature of God, if, if God is love, it, 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 he loves us. But the word says he is love as well. And so with that being said, we must have confidence in that. Because when we have confidence in knowing that God is love, then our thinking is not warped 
any longer. When we know that God loves us and he knows what's best for us in every aspect of our life, then we won't continue, right? We won't continue in our thought process that God did this to me or um, why did, why did God, why did you, or we shake our fists at him and, and say, God, why did you let this happen? But we forget his nature is love. And then another note he has here is, I may not always understand my current situation or how things will eventually turn out, but I can trust in the love of Christ. I can trust in the love of Christ. Why? He laid down his life for me. He laid down his life for me. And then um, he goes on to say, I'm afraid to surrender my life totally to the Lord because he might send me to Africa. This was an example that he um, asked in the book. He said, you know, have you asked that question? You know, um, I, I don't know that I'm ready to surrender. I know I did. I said this when I was when I was growing up. Um, when I was a teenager, maybe um, going maybe around 19 years old. I begin to say, I don't know. I don't know that I, I, you know, I don't know that I'm ready. I have to get myself together first. Um, I remember saying that kind of stuff. And then I came to realize as I read the word, uh, God's word, and uh, the men and women of God that were around me, I came to realize I can't fix myself. I can't fix myself. So um, I have to I had to trust that God would transform my life as his word declared. And so that part stood out to me. And then he that from that example, he says, for God would never um, call you to be a missionary unless he knew um, the call was best for you. So God knows what is best for us. He knows what he placed on the inside of us. He knows what he's equipped us to be able to do. And so, of course, he wouldn't call us to do that if he hasn't equipped us to be able to um, do to operate in that area. Another point um, that stood out to me was uh, when he said, when you trust that God always gives his best, you will devote your heart to whatever assignment he gave you or he gives to you. So when we we when we trust, we place our whole trust in God. Then we will devote our heart to whatever he gave us to do. When we really trust him. Sometimes we don't realize that we put more trust in man than we do in God. Because when Blackaby made this quote. He said, when you trust that God always gives his best to you, you will devote your heart to whatever assignment God gives, right? So we don't even know that the people that we work for have our best interest or if they give their best to us, right? But we put, we devote our whole heart to that work that that place we work in and 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 that career we're in we devote our whole heart to that but the word says and and here he says that god gives us his best but the question is 
and I'm talking to myself as well, do I give God my best? Do I devote my heart to what he has given me to do? Now, I can answer that question. I asked it, but now I can answer it because now I can say, yes, I do. Because my heart is devoted to walking in the purpose God has placed inside of me that he's shown me in, in these years, in the last maybe three or four years, where he's really shown me um, the gift of writing, um, the gift of teaching, not just teaching in a classroom environment, but also teaching other people the word. And not only teaching other people the word, um, but also teaching other people literacy. So, yes, I can answer that question with, an, with a definite yes. Now, um, do I need to be more devoted? Of course. Definitely to God's word. Definitely to going forth and keeping my focus on God and where he's taking me. Um, a couple other notes that Blackaby has here. He says, never allow your heart to question God's love. Never allow your heart to question God's love. And I can, again, um, that stood out to me and I can affirm that. I can, I can say that's definitely so. Because when we begin to question God's love for us, then again, like I said earlier, our thinking process is warped. Um, we, there, there are people, we don't necessarily question their love, right? We have parents and we know beyond a shadow of a doubt, no matter what, that our parents love us. No matter their flaws, no matter whatever it is. But we know deep down on the inside that they love us. So why do we then, as a as humanity, why do we then question God's love? And, I, you know, I just begin to reflect on that. And I just think about my life and how God has kept me. And how God has sustained me and my family. And um, even with losing my dad and, and just different things that I've experienced growing up. And different um, and, and abuse and different things that I experienced. Um, I don't remember questioning God's love for me. I may have questioned people's love for me. But I don't know that I have questioned God's love for me. In a sense that God didn't love me. But I did question why God loved me. And the reason why I did question why God loved me. Why God chose me. And why did he want me. Was because for some time. I felt unwanted in the natural. And, and from By people. And so I began to question why did God love me. Not that he didn't love me, but why? And so we have to be careful even with that. And Blackaby goes on to say, he loves you. Every deal, every dealing he has with you is an expression of his love for you. God would not be God if he expressed himself in any other way than his perfect love. I'm going to read that again. He loves you. Every dealing he has with you is an expression of his love for you. He would not be God if he expressed himself in any other way than his perfect love. And sometimes God's perfect love doesn't 
appear the way we think it should. Um, but if we really think back, God has expressed his love in so many, many ways and so many times to us and we didn't necessarily recognize it. And when I read that part and I, I could I can truly say that God has expressed his perfect love to me. In the midnight hour when, and some of you can attest to this, in the midnight hour when I would shed tears about different things, I would hear God say, I love you. I'm here. Even when I thought other people weren't there for me or they um, didn't care, I could hear God saying, and I could see in the things that he did in my life and um, the peace I would feel that he was right there with me. So I can tell you that that part is definitely true. And then we have um, this other note where he says, if you really believe God is love, you will also accept that his will is always best. Now that's a doozy right there. If you really believe God is love, you will also accept that his will is best. Now, what do we mean by will here? I believe he's talking about his will for our life. How does he want our life? How does he want us to live our life? What's his purpose for our life? Um, we have to know that that's best. If we know that he loves us, if we know he is love, as the word declares that he is, then we have to know that he has our best interests at heart. People may not. People may come across and deceive us and lie to us and all the other different things. But we know that God knows what's best and he has our best interest at heart because he's our creator, because he loves us with an everlasting love and because he's love. He is love. And so we have to think of it. We have to change the way we think. When when God is is correcting us and 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 directing us away from sin and saying walk with me as he said with Noah um and and be um you know he wants you to be clean hearted and he wants you to walk according to his will and his way um it's because he knows what's best for me he knows that sin will grip me and take a hold of me and I will be spiritually dead and I wouldn't and I wouldn't be able to to know him I would be separated from him so he already knows these things and so that's what's best for me sometimes when I was out in the, in the world and and doing what I was doing sin yeah it, it felt good but it wasn't good for me and so yes doing this and doing that and you know, all the things that we, we would do in sin, in a sinful lifestyle, if they might have some of it might have felt good, but we were empty. I know I was. I was empty on the inside. I knew there was more. I knew that um there was a God that loved me and that he had more for me than me wallowing in my sin. And so we just have to be very careful in that area right there, uh, which I just thought was very, very, very powerful, very powerful there. And then he goes on to say, what does the Lord your God ask of you except to fear him, right, by walking in his ways 
to love him and to worship him with all your heart and all your soul. That's all he asks. He, what does he ask us? Except that we fear him. Why do we need to fear God? So that we don't worship anyone other than him or anything other than him. That nothing else becomes our God. And then it says that he asked that we fear him. We walk in his ways. Why? Because his ways are the only way. His ways are what's best for us. Otherwise, we're walking in our own way and we're all confused. And he wants to, us to worship him. Worship him with all of our heart and all of our soul and keep his way. Keep his commandment. Why, does, why is all that important? Why do I need to do all of that? Because God is God. He's the eternal living existing one. He knows what's best for me. And if he's the eternal one, and he is, and he's the existing one, and he is, and he's the creator of my being, he's the creator of heaven and earth, and everything that, that's in it according to his word, then wouldn't he be the only one that knows best for me? Because I don't know about anybody else that's listening, but I know I've tried to figure out a whole lot of stuff, and it didn't work for me. Because I'm not God. I don't see the end from the beginning. I'm not the alpha and the omega. I'm not the one who breathed life into my into my nostrils and and we became I became a, a living soul. I'm I'm not him. He is the one that can see beyond today. I can't see beyond you and I can't see beyond this very moment. But God's already in the next moment. A couple of the notes that Blackaby um, speaks of in Experiencing God. He says um, in scripture, De Deuteronomy 32, um, he uses this particular scripture. He says, um, he said to them, take to heart all these words I am giving you today so that you may command your children to carefully follow all the words of this law. For they are not meaningless words to you, but they are your life. And by them you will live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess. So God's words are life. Life-giving words. They give life to our spirit and soul. They give life. Our spirit man comes alive. As we worship, we obey, and we walk in God's ways, and we trial near to him in Christ Jesus. And so, um, that's so very important. And he goes on to say, you will know you can believe him and trust him. And because you trust him, you will readily obey him. You will know you can believe him and trust him. And because you trust him, you will readily obey him. We trust, again, we trust our parents. We trust our um, siblings to be there for us. We trust so many people. 
But will we trust God by experiencing walking in relationship with him? As we draw closer to him, he will reveal himself and he will reveal his love for us. He will reveal his power and all those other things he will reveal. Blackaby goes on to say, um, life has some landmines that could harm or destroy us. God does not want you to miss out on his best. And he does not want your life to be destroyed through foolish choices. So again, he gives the analogy of landmines. That if you were to meet a person, an army person, right? And that person knows where the landmines are. And you, would you really say to that person, let me just figure it out. Um, I don't want you telling me what to do. Let me, let me figure this out on my own because we don't think that sounds crazy, right? Because in our mind, like, no, I would listen to him because he knows the way where I won't die, where I won't be, I won't explode or I won't be in millions of pieces. Well, that's no different from God. God knows the way he's the truth. He is the way. Uh, I'm sorry. He is the way. He is the truth and the life. But he not only does he is he is he the way, but he knows the way. He knows the where the pitfalls are, and he's trying to guide us away from those pitfalls. He knows where um, we can be entrapped and entangled. Where um, the scripture talks about where Christ says, "Take my yoke." He's saying that because he's saying to us, we are participating in our salvation. We're participating in our walk with him. Take my yoke and learn of me. For my yoke is what? Easy. And my burdens are light. He knows that sin is burden. He knows that the yokes of sin are, are, are heavy on us. Like it would be on the oxen that are tied together and they can't move. He already knows that. We don't know. We think it feels good. We think it's cool. We're trying to, you know, drink alcohol, um, promiscuous uh, relationships. Those things that God says is sin because he knows it ties us down and we can't get free to worship. We can't get free to walk in relationship with the, the God that is love. So he knows those things. He knows what what's best for us. The word declares that he says he knows the thoughts. He thinks towards us. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give us an expected end or some versions say a future and a hope. So he knows he, he is our future. He is our hope. He knows that he doesn't want us to self-destruct he knows those things so he begins to tell us in the book here that there are landmines that will destroy our lives but god knows the way and so i love 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 that part of chapter two and then he says here don't go that way because that path will kill you go this way and live and that's what christ is saying to us 
He's saying, go this way. Come on, come in the direction of me. Come and walk with me and I will show you eternal life. And so we have to be so very um, just zoned in on God's love for our life. God doesn't mean harm to us. Sometimes when we're growing up, um, and I thought about this or thinking about this as well, when we're growing up, we think our parents' rules are the worst and we are like, oh, they're torturing us. I can't wait till I get out on my own. So we, we think all those thoughts growing up. But then when we become adults and we recognize what our parents was trying to teach us. And, and I know for a fact, there are many times I say, oh, my mom tried to tell me that. My dad tried to tell me that. And it was because why? They knew the way. They knew that wasn't the right way to go. They knew what it was to walk in a hard way. And, and they would tell us about our education. And they would tell us about why? Because they had experienced it. They had known the way. They, they'd seen hard times. And so they begin to tell us. And God can see far beyond what we can see. God knows the Bible says that he knew us before we were formed in our mother's womb. So, of course, he knows what's best for us. A couple other notes here. Suppose the Lord says, I have a gift for you, a beautiful, wonderful expression of what love is. Well, that's what he's saying to us every day. I have a gift for you. The gift of salvation. Come unto me. That's what he's saying to us every single day. We accept gifts from others. We, we, there's so many different things that we, we seem to believe that this is, this, what is temporal. We think it's eternal. So we don't think about eternity. But God is telling us there's more beyond right now. And so he's saying, I have a gift. So will we receive that gift? And then he goes on here to say, if you love God, you will obey him. If you do not obey him, you do not really love him, regardless of what you may claim. And that's John 14 and 24. So it's saying that if we love God, then we obey. If we don't really love him, then we we don't obey him. Um, and we may claim we do, but are we being obedient to him? Are we living our life and being the Lord of our own life? Or are we surrendering that to God? We have to really think about that. There are parts of my life that I want to control or will I surrender those parts to, of my life to God and allow him to make me whole in the process. So as he closes out, he has a couple other things that like really stood out to me. It's a, a wonderful, wonderful book. He says, by nature, God is omniscient or all-knowing. 
He is not limited by the dimension of time. He knows the past, present, and future. And we forget, we fail to understand that. That he loves us. He knows what's coming. He knows what's right in front of us. So he prepares us for the good life. What's the good life? Not drinking and being uh, and smoked out and all those different things that we've all tried to do. And it left us empty on the inside. But the good life is eternity being made whole in Christ Jesus. He says, when God gives you a directive, you can be sure he has already considered every factor. You will never do God's bidding only to discover that God was somehow mistaken. Never. Never will we come to the conclusion that God had made a mistake. God is love. God is perfect. God is omniscient. God is all-powerful. And so what we fail to realize that even in our sin, there's no sin greater than God. There is no sin. There's nothing we're doing or walking in that God can't deliver us from if we want to be delivered. Do we love God more than that sin? That's another thing. Do we love God more than the lifestyle we want to live? More than the money in the bank? More than all of the, the things that we have made demigods? Do we love God more? Or do we love that thing? It's not that God can't change us. But do we want to be made whole? That's what Christ asked the man. And that was at the pool of Bethesda. He asked them, do you want to be made whole? He, the man was saying, and I'm paraphrasing. I don't want to misquote God's word. But I'm paraphrasing. He was saying that, you know, I sit here and I wait for somebody to put me down in the pool so I can be healed. And Christ said to him, do you want to be made whole? Do you really want it? And so I believe that's what he says to us. Do we really want to be made whole? Because I've heard, and I've said it probably um, times before, but I've heard people say, well, you know, um, I, you know, I'm just, I'm, I, I'm going through this and, 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 you know, these things happen to me and all these things happen and, and that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. But do we want to be made whole? Do we want God to transform my life? Do, will we allow him to? Or do we want to stay right there? Do we want to glorify that thing, even if it's a sin in our life? Do we think that that sin is greater than God? This is what Blackaby is saying, trusting him. But we, when we love him, we know that he knows what's best for us. We won't question his word. We won't say, well, you know, God was talking about them back then. And he, you know, he doesn't mean that for our society. Why not? He's, the word says that God is eternal. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. How is it that if he's that and he's eternal and he lives outside of time, he exists outside of time? If that is the case, and it is, right? Then how would God just stop at over 2,000 years ago and not know that we would walk in the same ways? 
how would he because if that was the case he would be one of us because we would be stuck in time and space and we couldn't see beyond the moment the second the hour that we're in we couldn't see beyond that god exists outside of time so when we come to the the conclusions and the reasoning in our mind against god and say well that word is not for us that was for their culture no that's for all of us those that haven't even been born yet why because god exists outside of time he knew that the sin of whatever sin it was homosexuality um anything uh sleeping outside of marriage whatever it is he knew that that sin would be in our time and their time and the time coming forward he knew whatever it was would be and so we have to love god more than that thing that person more than our parents more than our children we have to love god more than anything And the last part here, he says, God is all powerful. He can enable you to accomplish his will. He can accomplish anything he purposes to do. If he ever asks you to do something, he himself will work through you to do it. So he just kind of gives us some points on God using us as well. And he says, you must believe he will enable and equip you to do everything he asks you to do. Everything. When we announce what we think we can't do in response to God's initiative, we are actually saying more about our faith in God than we are about our own abilities. The fact is, either we believe God is all-powerful or we don't. And that's what point I was just trying to make about different sins and different things in our life. Do we believe God is all-powerful or is is it the true and living God we're worshiping? Because either we believe it or we don't. And, I, and I'm saying even in my life. Even in my life. Can God resurrect things that have happened to me in my past and transform my life and and heal my soul heal my spirit man bring my spirit man um quicken my spirit man to walk in the newness of life can he do that yes he can he's all powerful and i've seen him do it in my life and so those are my um my summary notes my discussion of um, Henry Blackaby's experiencing God and we focused on God's love God's um, attributes um, of who he is he is love he is love he is all knowing he is all powerful and we must begin to to change the way we think that we may trust God and walk in his ways but loving him and obeying him. If we are not obeying him. If we're not obeying him. 
Do we really love him? Do we really trust that he can move through us? I'm asking that question because I went through the same. I, look, I same question. When he said, I called you to minister the gospel. Mm, I don't know, Lord, if I could do that. Well, did I just question my faith in God? Because I, I thought I spoke as if I was could do it in my own strength. And I can't. And so he said, I'm calling you. So, which means that he has equipped me to be able to do it. Amen. And he's equipped you as well. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for your word, God. Lord, help us to know that whatever you call sin and rebellion, whatever it is, God, it is what you said it is. Not that we question other people. That we say that others are judging us, Father, for your word. And the word says that we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And so, Father, we thank you, O oh God, for help us move on our hearts. That we will walk in obedience. That we will love you with our whole heart, mind, soul, and body. That we will love you, God. And that we will walk in freedom and relationship with you. Help us to open our hearts to you, Lord, the living God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all for tuning in to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast. We have been going through the devotional of Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. I hope you enjoyed it, and I thank you for tuning in. Amen and amen.